I want to mourn the loss of all the old growth trees I've seen and tell them that we love them. It has to be a joke. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm literally about to fucking kill myself and I'm not kidding. You better fucking fix this shit. <laughs> Think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Hi, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Sturg. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt was one of those duped into flying to a private island for a luxury festival, only to discover he was totally fucked. That's literal. <laughs> Never respond to ads on the Craigslist offering easy money. Uh, did you know, by the way, uh, uh, you know, have you heard of Fire Island? Yeah, it's uh, off in New York. The gay, it's like the gay vacation spot. Yeah. I thought the Fire Festival was just fire, like a Fire Island thing event all along. So I never paid much attention. I just thought it was like a bunch of gay guys going to the island of the Bahamas. Right. And by the way, if, if it had been a bunch of gay guys going to the island of the Bahamas and everything was just rickety tents and no running water, they would have had an awesome time. Yeah, you could sell that as part of the experience. Yes. It's like naked and afraid. Yes. No frills. 500 guys, savage tents, no running water, just gay sex all weekend So long. much fucking. They would have come back and just said, this is the best weekend we ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would actually almost prefer that, too. It's like, there's nothing to do. I'm with these obvious... I'm assuming anyone that bought a ticket's a fucking moron. I'd be like, well, let's just fuck, right? There was a, uh, I, I looked, I, uh, 10 years ago, there was a job offer, I responded to a job offer for like production, for film production at a naked men's retreat in Pennsylvania. Mm. Male only retreat, you can imagine what that is. And I thought, okay, you know what? And they were paying a lot of money for like a weekend of shooting, basically. They wanted to do a documentary on their weekend getaway. And it was a naked man. It was been going on for like 50 years, but they wanted to do like a, a PR slash a documentary on it. And I was like, this sounds amazing. It was like, wow. 20 grand for the weekend or something. And I was like, this, got to check this out. And they're like, okay, first rule, you have to be naked as well. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, that's not enough. That's not enough money. Sorry. They probably didn't have a real job. <laughs> but like, if you're wearing clothing, it's going to make everyone feel very uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah, no, not that. What, they're going to like look at me dressed and they're going to stop fucking each other? Like, what's so what's happen? the 20 grand for? I mean, I feel like you could, if you really apply yourself, you can find a group of naked people for a lot less than... Well, just to film, just to film them for the weekend. What's, but what's their point? They want, to do a, they want to do a promo video. They want to do like a video promoting their... Oh. You know, like, like Fire Island had all their fucking PowerPoint material and shit like that. It seems like the more likely you are to be naked in public, the worse your body is. Yes. Also, by the way, they wanted all the, nudity, all the specific genitalia nudity edited out. Mm-hmm. Which means that as an editor, your job would be to spend like a week just looking at dicks. <laughs> Tiling it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I ever had to get my dick like blurred out, I'd be like, just like stretch that out. Like, yes. you know, blur it down to my to my mid. By the way, this uh, is the difference, between, this is the difference between what, what men and women have to do for 20 grand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week's show is sponsored by Brad Pitt's new admission that he drank too much and wasn't there for his wife. Pitiful admissions by husbands. To be able to see their adopted children from around the world never were handled better. 
Brad Pitt's apology tour. It's like you never liked him in the first place. I feel like if I was married to her, I would drink a lot more than I do right now. I don't, I mean, is drinking a lot a bad thing, A, and, and B? I mean, he was working constantly. He was taking care of the kids, so I'm sure he was drinking and getting high. But you're right. I mean, isn't that partly her fault for, for, for making him so miserable? Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on how you're drinking, too, you know? I mean, you could, you could be drunk and be really fun. Yeah, kids. If the one, so she, the one instance she pointed to was on the private plane. He pushed his fifteen-year-old kid. Fuck, do that. I, <laughs> what dad doesn't do that when he's sober? I don't understand that. Yeah. That was like our one thing. You're drunk and out of control. You you pushed our fifteen-year-old son. Like what? Like I don't know. Did your dad push you around a little bit? I mean, my dad pushed me around. I was never had a drink in his life. I don't remember that being bad. Yeah, maybe they were wrestling. Uh, it could have been. Uh, I've never lost more respect for a man, I think, than Brad Pitt in the last two years, year or two he years. He seems thoroughly emasculated. He, I always, I mean, he was always, a, you know, I don't know. He just seemed like the super handsome, happy-go-lucky George Clooney friend who was like, you know, he seemed like the, the Ocean's, Ocean's Eleven guy, and he was just yeah. that fun-loving guy, and it turns out he's just kind of a wuss bag. Now he's in the big short with a beard. <laughs> We're I, just waiting for him to get bloated and be, like, overweight. Like, go Val Kilmer. Yeah, I go total Brando. Like, remember when Brad Pitt was in shape? It's uh, kind of sad. This is like a Johnny Depp part, too. It's kind of sad when guys get divorced. And he, Depp's case wasn't for kids. It was for money. But with Brad Pitt, he wants to see his kids. They have to completely emasculate themselves and, like, cop to everything. Yeah. Just to get, you know, these women have wealthy enough, high-powered attorneys, and they're being raked over the coals. Meanwhile, it's cool. Like, Evangelina Jolie came out and, you know, said she, like... Uh, beat the shit out of Brad Pitt, she'd probably be like patted yes. on the back or something. Yeah, or if she had an addiction and went to rehab for an addiction, she'd be lauded. Well, like, she's more masculine than he is. She it turned out to be very masculine. It, the whole thing is very disappointing, because he was, like, one of my idols. He was kind of a cool dude. She was a super hot, like, slutty mo- slutty young model who ran away from home when she was 16 and started doing nudes. Uh, the whole thing was an exotic. The whole thing was kind of cool, yeah. and now they've turned into, like, the most horrible people. Does everything just go bad in life? Like, is this what I have to look forward to? Yes. Oh, yes, it totally does. Yeah, I have her 16-year-old nudes if you want to see, by the way. If yeah, you wish to contact the show, uh, if your dad was John Voigt, you'd be a little nutty, too. Uh, if you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter, Last Man Podcast, or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, on to the show. Brian, you good? You're back? Yeah, man, forgot to pay the meter, but um, the person behind me put, like, five and a half hours on drove away so I just backed up yeah every time you say there's a, you need a break for the pay the meter I hear a bong bong rips going <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I know the show Matt uh, today must be the is today your birthday or the happiest day of your life because today's the day you first saw Ashley Graham naked yeah I mean how long have you been waiting how long have you been waiting for that is that she what you was nude she was wearing no pants and just uh, like a mesh top well, she took the mesh top off later, but she's so contorted in the photos that it's hard to tell, like, sort of where her back fat is and where her breasts are. Yeah, I thought it was, like, uh, one person with their, like, you know how those contortionists can put their ankles in front yes. of their face? Yes. Like in porn? Yes. I thought it was, like, one of those or something. I thought at some point she was going to try and fit herself in a tiny box like those Chinese acrobats do. <laughs> like like was, a giant box. Yeah, like a, maybe like a bigger box. Like, than the, like a Connex? You know, those little, like, skinny, like, 80-pound acrobats, and they, like, go into, like, a box the size of a foot by foot. <laughs> like, how the fuck do they get in there? Like, maybe she was going to go into, like, a U-Haul container or something. It was just... It was a weird thing. So she's in V Magazine. I don't know what the V stands for, but I'm going to go with vagina for right now. Yeah. Uh, this is what you've been waiting for. Was it everything you expected? What better, the worst, the same? I mean, she's been headed, headed, headed towards this moment, even though I don't know a single person who asked for it. It's, it sounds like Playboy might have uh, not returned her calls. Right. Um, but she, she had to get nude. I don't know. I, to me, the message was, 
I, I guess I didn't understand it because in the interview accompanying the nude, she said, I'm really proud of my cellulite. And then they did, it seems like, made every effort to, like, make her look as thin as possible. Yeah, well, they, uh, she certainly looked sleek, I would say. She didn't look thin. There was, like, a, I sent you that Maybe picture. thin's of, the wrong word, but like to... Two, the, two pregnant badgers going at it, kind of, like, it was just, sort of... They, they certainly were not featuring the cellular. I mean, the no. lighting was so uh, soft and, and gray and steely. There was like, about 40 watts of lighting on the entire set. It was, like... Yeah. Which, by the way, it's 40 watts more than you'd use if you had her at home. Naked. You could make me look like Channing Tatum with that kind of light. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. She, uh, but she was contorted. Uh, here's what I think they did. Like they just said, "Do jujitsu moves," and we'll try and take a few pictures and see what comes out. Okay. <laughs> There's not like one standard photo of her where you can like a standard like cheesecake photo of her naked. They're all bizarrely like contorted and twisted, where she's like posed in these severe angles that make her body look, if not better looking, than at least hard to distinguish where her various body parts are. Yeah, yeah. Basically, anyone like a ten, like a just a hot, you know, uh, uh, who's the model? I don't know, uh, uh, like a Kate Upton or somebody. I was going to say Kate Upton, but she's a little heavy. Uh, she's heavy, but she does straight up frontal full frontal shots. But I mean, it it just blurs the line. You could take like a super thin, you know, in shape model and have them do that, and they just they wouldn't look all that attractive. You no. know, it, it just sort of standardizes the the human form i guess no i felt like there was like a saudi prince in the background paying her to like <laughs> do weird just to do weird shit until she got found a position that turned him on <laughs> like just keep keep rolling around and oh stop you know stop right there it was just I, here's my question really uh beyond the fact that we're both uh you know obsessed with ashley graham's body uh who asked for this stuff what is the audience for a naked ashley graham i understand the whole like women should wear be able to wear nice dresses or lingerie if they want to even though they're heavy i guess that makes sense to at least a lot of women but who is the actual audience, the natural audience for Na- Ashley Graham nudes? I don't know. I mean, I have a really good friend who's uh, <clears throat> he's probably about five six, uh, one forty, and he's into the bigger girls. You know, really the girls that are bigger than him could That's almost a- sort of wedge him into their ass cheeks and <laughs> carry him around or something. <laughs> is that a, is that is that a spoken fetish? He actually speaks of that aloud. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he he likes thick. I think Ashley Graham would be right right up his alley. Does does he do those like uh, face jump, face sitting uh, YouTube videos where like a large lady jumps on his face? <laughs> the squatting the squatting videos where like a really tiny skinny guy has like an obese woman jump on his face. Well, I mean, she's, and I know you know what I'm talking about, by the way. Well, I, I'm assuming that's what those guys do. <laughs> yes. I've never witnessed it personally. Why do you think a skinny guy likes a fat woman? I don't know. I, I guess, I mean, it's it's almost kind of the black guy phenomenon of just sort of worshipping giant asses. Where that comes from, I have no idea. I have a few theories. Um, Are they racist? Maybe fathers not being around. Oh, I see. Well, but the Kardashians have the giant asses, but they take all that fat out of their waist, so they have like 22-inch waists and 40-inch asses. Some weird Barbie doll, you know, hyperbolized Barbie doll proportions, but this is just fat all over, so this is a little different. See, I wonder, though, because we've all seen the the Kim Kardashian that her ass has been inflated and deflated too much, and it's now just wrecked. Yes. Um, I like the fact that the doctor described it like a balloon you've blown up too many times. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a perfect analogy. It was terrible. And, by the way, that's why you don't inject whatever. That's why you don't do whatever you're doing. Yes. Like, nature will eventually catch up. But uh, I've never seen the Kardashian. Like, in, in the photos, it looks gross to me. Yes. But I've never seen it in person. I would think in person it would look even weirder. 
It's a well at certain angles. It's like a bizarre, an- unhuman type look they have, profile they have. I mean, Ashley Graham is proportioned. I mean, she's a big woman. She's proportioned, but right. the Kardashians are out of proportion. Right. Ashley Graham's just a I, fat woman. I think if you liked bigger women, I think Ashley Graham would be like your your ten. Right. So who is that besides your friend? Besides your friend, one one strange friend. I mean, you can't. There's not a clamor for like, oh, look at that that chick. I hope she gets naked. Um, and the women aren't looking. I mean, well, do you think it's, it's a not power? a mainstream magazine. No. It's, this isn't like Hustler. She'll be a, no, but she'll, well, well, she was in SI basically naked, right? And she's been in like other men's yeah, magazines. Yeah, but they had to do that. She's, you know, with just her hands over her tits. I mean, it's, it's not like she's not mostly naked a lot of the time. And even those photos where she's looking, you see those photos where she's looking not very good. They're shooting bikini photos of her in thongs and shit a lot. Yeah. So either they're trying to make make good on some corporate vows they have for diversity or there is some guys who are maybe a lot more guys are into this than we know about. Well, we are to assume, I guess, that the sort of bikini photos. Who's buying these magazines? Who's buying V Magazine? Is it men or women? I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing like a gay guy in Luxembourg. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe like his, his boyfriend. Like <laughs> leafing through it as they have an espresso. I don't know who buys this shit. These are like European fashion magazines. I think she... She tried it out in that magazine because she did it for Playboy or someone else. It would be like a big nude to do. Whereas this is like clearly an artistic style magazine. Yeah. So I think Kim Kardashian's been naked in this, in this magazine before and other like fairly large, celeb- large in many ways celebrities. And you can always write off European magazines as being very European. Right. Because they are, which is different than being in a Maxim or a Playboy or some skin magazine. So I just don't I, – I, I get the whole empower, female empowerment thing. I'm just wondering where this body positive empowerment thing ends. What, what is the end of the line? What is the end of the line in this now? Because now we have to say that her naked body looks good. Before it was like she looked good in these like a, a Spanx and a dress. And now we have to say her workouts are amazing and that her body, her body looks great. I think I've seen the end of the line. <laughs> what is it? Um, well, when you start doing the, the disabilities and the – you know, everyone's beautiful. Uh, there was a uh, – there was a colostomy, uh, some kind of a disease thing. There was, in the magazines? It was a trend on Instagram, uh, like proudly displaying your... Um, yeah, but even even like people showed off their, like... Yeah, you're right. I mean, Kim, Kim Kardashian used to show her psoriasis online stuff. I mean, some is there women love afflictions. Uh, I get that. That's the way they bond together. It's like their sports stories. Yeah. It's how women bond. But in terms of it being, in terms of it being like normalized as sexy, where does this end? Like with like you know, so now she's done nude. She was doing lingerie and swimsuit. Now she's done covered her top. Now she's doing nude. Does this end with her doing like porn and we have to like applaud it as the most amazing? <laughs> we, is this all that's gonna be left? Like, is, is there gonna be a ruling that only like you can only do body positive porn? I guess. I, don't, I mean, it's so you're never gonna change the fact that cellulite is not especially appealing to the eye, right? No. No matter how many shoots you do. Um, and, we know, and we know that from the Kim Kardashian photos that came out that, like, shock, apparently Kanye's not talking to Kim anymore because, not because her ass is filled with cellulite, he obviously knows that, but because she allowed it to be seen like that. <laughs> so I think, and her whole, like, PR team has been fired because of it. So I think we kind of understand that the cellulite is not a great sales point. I mean, maybe we're just from a different generation. I'm a millennial, but I'm, like, the, the oldest into the millennial like but right. I, I remember because i have eczema growing up and i figured out how to deal with it just by buying the right soaps and things but when i had like a rash in school my my instinct was to cover it up not be seen it wasn't to like bust into the fucking auditorium and be like 
look at my fucking rash all over my arm and, and then like post a photo to Instagram like for empowerment. I, I just never would occur to me. I want to thank you because before I was thinking that Ashley Graham's contorted news was a que- making me queasy today, <laughs> but your actual stories have exceeded, have exceeded that my expectations. Uh, well, I mean, I, 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 look, if you can say, like, I'm doing this, like, showing off my illness, whatever, to shit make other people with the same illness feel better, that's at least a rationale of some kind. If you're just saying, like, I overeat and here I am naked, look at me, that doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. Uh, I, I just I knew this was coming at some point. The news are coming. There'll be more in Playboy and other places because she's the one. By the way, she's filled herself a really nice financial niche, which is she's the one go-to. I mean, for all the body positive, overweight models thing, she's the only one making money. So yeah. She has like, there's, it's like a $5 million market and she gets 4.9 million of that market. She's like the spokesperson for like 200 million Americans. Yes. And she's the only one that magazines want to f- feature in magazines because she's pretty and she's got the name and the big following and all that stuff. So, like I said, I mean, she owns 99% of this market. So, I understand why she's keeping it rolling. It's a good thing for her. I just don't want to be shocked by these photos anymore. I'm sorry I sent that picture to you now. I feel like I feel like I've I've done a disservice to you. Uh, send your eczema photos, by the way. You should start posting those. You'll, you'll I will, you know, because I I love myself and I have nothing to be ashamed of. And I want to teach young boys that, uh, you know, if you get a rash, yeah, it's all right. Just uh, let it let it fly. Hashtag eczema. Hashtag feeling itchy. And then see your, and then watch yourself fail at life because you're you're advertising the worst aspects of your fucking entire fucking life. It's all it's all narcissism, isn't it? Really? Well, she's getting paid, so I can't say that. Uh, Matt, let me ask you about another a large woman you've loved for a long time, Rosie O'Donnell. Mm. I believe she was your first crush. Were you heartbroken when you learned that she didn't like men? Oh, man. She was great in A League of Their Own. And by great, you mean... <laughs> <laughs> she was pretty funny. She was... She was. She's. I think she's nailed... She, in the early 90s, she definitely nailed, like, sassy, fat broad. Yeah. Like, she nailed gum-chewing, jersey, fat broad really well. Like that, even like Sleepless in Seattle when she was like the fat broad. But didn't she always play the chick that like couldn't get a date from a guy or something? She played the chick who was the, the uh, un- less attractive friend of the good looking woman. Yeah, like she was friends with Madonna. She was friends with Madonna. She was friends with like Meg Ryan. She was friends with whatever. She was in the rom-com where she was like the, the snarly, angry friend who couldn't get laid. Yeah. Which was perfect because she couldn't. She was, she was an angry lesbian. Totally believable. Yes. She was, it was like Mark Wahlberg playing a dumb guy from Boston. <laughs> it was just like Mark Wahlberg is the worst actor, male actor we have in the business currently. He's terrible. He's so horrible. But he nails like dumb Southie yeah. like nobody's business. He's okay. so good at that because he's playing himself. And Rosie Donald's the same way. She somehow went to fame. You defended her stand-up at one point, I remember. Uh, I remember it being kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, she my, was like sort of a pioneer. There weren't a ton of like fat angry lesbian comedians. She was not doing, like, my husband jokes, right? right? She was not doing, like, my kids and my husband jokes as a woman. So she was kind of, in the sense that she was single, carefree, drinking, boozing, partying, and stuff like that. Yeah, I got angry. the feeling I could, like, mix it up with her at the bar, you know? Yeah, and she probably would be fun to hang around at a bar for, like, 20 minutes or so. <laughs> That'd be about it. So, the best story ever. Rosie O'Donnell, like, I don't, she's been through, like, three lesbian wives, I think, now, and six or seven adopted kids. I don't know if you know this, Matt, but two women cannot make a baby together. Uh, not yet. No, not yet. But they do take credit for being the only ones that can make a baby at the same time, which is yes. odd. You know, uh, we're the only ones that can bring uh, life into this world type of thing. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. 
I mean, you do need. I know a, it's not out. Vagina. Yeah, for not. But 2030, I'm, I'm targeting it as a year in which women will no longer lead uh, male sperm from a male body to actually have babies anymore. Good. Yeah. Really. Uh, yeah. Because the, then we'll separate into two different classes of, of breeders. And and then there will be a bunch of chicks that don't want to have kids and yeah, and, like the bee, like the bee, like a bee colony. Yeah. Uh, I think she actually got some of her wise, some of her wives got fertilized and made, made pregnant. I don't know. She got six or seven kids. I think they're all adopted. I don't, but she does. We talked about this before. She adopts. She always adopts crack babies. And my theory, and it's they're the as, most readily available yes, it's baby. It's very. It's seen as a very charitable thing to do. Like, there's nothing more charitable you can do than adopt a crack baby. Because, like, absolutely nobody wants it. Like, people, like, you know, the rich people in, in Hollywood will fly 12,000 miles away to buy an African or an Asian baby from, like, a refugee camp just so they don't have to adopt one of the 10,000 crack babies, like, down the street. Well, because then the crack baby mom will start coming after the baby later on and be like, uh, hey, you know, that's my baby. It's so. partly, I think it's partly that, but I think it's also, like, it's been pretty much proven now, like, parents that do, like, moms who do crack or heroin or stuff when they're pregnant fuck the shit out of their kids forever and those kids are usually really trouble like throughout their entire lives it's like the rate of like the the, the mental illness and, and crime and all stuff is like huge among kids that are born from like crack moms that would uh, only make sense it's just yeah. good science whereas if you grab a kid from the Sudan and he, you grab him at, at three months old who give, I mean he's going to be a great kid if you raise him nicely it doesn't really matter that's why they're all going overseas to get kids there's plenty of black babies available in Los Angeles and these ladies go to like you know Chad to, to, to grab them, yeah, and that's and that's exact and that's exactly why. And then you said they're easy, right, available. But also, once you adopt the crack baby, uh, you're forevermore as a parent have the crack baby to blame. So anything anything your child does bad forever in their life, you can always just say like oh, crack baby. Yeah, like, I mean, you could do? beat the shit out of the kid and be like, hey, at least he's not laying in the Seven Eleven bathroom. Yes. You know? that was my my feeling about Rosie O'Donnell was which, like she would order KFC, like a big bucket of KFC. And she would eat all the fried chicken and make the kids eat the side vegetables that are disgusting. <laughs> and she's like, your mom was a heroin addict, okay? She sold you for a high at a truck stop. Do they have side vegetables? Other beans. I don't know. I haven't been, a, haven't been to KFC in a long time. Once El Pollo Loco came around, that, that, ru- that ruined KFC for me. <laughs> but, like, she's eating, like, the chicken, and she's, like, making them eat the crap. Yeah. They're going, like, look, your mom was a fucking crack whore. <laughs> Just shut the fuck up and be happy you're here. You That's can, you, a very morbid fantasy. It really is. But I think it's exactly what happened because, uh, so Chelsea O'Donnell ran away. She turned 17, 16 or 72 years ago. She ran away. I don't know if you remember the manhunt, the Northeast nationwide manhunt that was going on for her, her lost daughter two years ago. I do kind of. And it was obvious she was just boning some guy, right? It was obvious she should run away because she had, like, apparently had, you know, she'd left her stuff and they said she ran away to, like, she could be anywhere in the north, in the northeast, and that she was. Rosie said she was on drugs. She was missing her drugs, all this other stuff. And of course, they found her at a dude's apartment. Some guy she met on. Some guy she met online. And back then, that was two years ago. She said, "Like, look, Rosie, you know, mom, her adopted mom paints this beautiful picture of what it's like to live at the Rosie O'Donnell Compound slash Lesbian Art Center, but it actually is like not what people think it is. And she's actually a horrible mom. Yeah. And the first thing Rosie did at the, in response to that was like." Start talking about all the mental illness problems her daughter had. <laughs> Taking you know, all this shit about her. Uh, and so finally, like two years later, the, and the daughter went, by the way, the daughter chose to leave Rosie to go find her heroin-addicted mom that sold her mm-hmm. as, a better, as a better alternative. It's like, that's not a good sign. No, but that's what you got. Like, if, you're, if, you're, if your mom sold you for, like, you know, a, a high in a, you know, at a truck stop, and then you get adopted by Rosie O'Donnell... You only got two choices. You got Rosie, and you got the mom. Well, actually, I mean, I don't know how emancipation works and all that shit, but 
I feel like at 15, not 14, but I feel like 15 is really the cutoff where you're not running away. You're just leaving. You yeah, know, no, like, she was like seven. I think she was 16 or 17 at the time. You're old enough to be railing some dude. and Yeah, especially you if you come from a, a fairly well-off, sophisticated family where you travel all the time and travel the you world. probably got a credit card on you from mom. Oh, you probably got a limo driver. You probably, I mean, you've probably been to Europe 30 times. I mean, you probably know your way around a little bit. Just let her fucking chill. And, and authorities, too, should be like, anytime someone's running away, like, I wonder why they are running away, you know? Well, she was a minor, and Rosie O'Donnell put out this thing saying she was, like, off her meds and was, you know, potentially psychotic and stuff like that. But so she they were, might have been lying. She might have been. So the girl, Chelsea O'Donnell, has finally done this interview with the Daily Mail. By the way, the Daily Mail has to be at the very bottom of the rug of journalism. <laughs> so you got to take everything they say. Everything a, a crack baby says in Daily Mail, you have to take with a little grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> it's maybe, maybe a 20% chance it's true. They don't necessarily fact check. Uh, although you're still jealous of the Daily Mail since they got sued by Trump and you didn't. Well, a guy from the Daily Mail was supposed to come interview me about that, but uh, I think he was just trying to get a free trip to L.A. because he lived in Britain. Yes. So anyway, it never happened. <laughs> no, that's too bad. Uh, so Chelsea O'Donnell started telling the Daily Mail all these stories about what it was like to live with Rosie. And as you can imagine, they were not pleasant stories. But the very best one, of course, is the time that Rosie was convinced. So if she basically described a fat... A lard-ass woman, like, being very moody around the house. Like a menopausal lesbian. Can you imagine the fucking tornado, the Tasmanian devil? Of I can just picture, like, with grease stains on her face and, like, a bottle in her hand and, like, a you know, some kind of marijuana vaping device. And then she would get depressed and, like, lock herself. That was for you, Brian. And lock herself in the... <laughs> Lock herself like in a little clay pot art studio, throwing pots angrily against the wall and shit like yeah, that. Like That's, sweatpants with gravy yes, stains and yes, drawstrings yes. hanging out. And the Buffalo Wild Wings guy would show up every a couple times a day delivering shit to the art <laughs> studio. You know, those chorizo, the, the churros and breadsticks. Anyhow, so the one story she describes, which I cannot get out of my head, is the time uh, Rosie thought that her teenage daughter, adopted daughter, had got a tattoo and was hiding it from her. God forbid, which, you know, pretty much every teenage girl does, I suppose, at some point. But Rosie was pissed and demanded she take off her clothes, her daughter take off her clothes, so she could in- inspect her to see where she was hiding the tattoo she was certain she had. And Chelsea claimed she didn't. She probably did, I assume, because she's 16 and she's a lying teenager. <laughs> so <laughs> Rosie whipped out a wine bottle, raised it over her head, started chasing her around the room, <laughs> demanded she take off her clothes so she could inspect her, and then reminded her that she was strong like a man and it could really hurt her with the wine bottle. <laughs> Which is all true, by the way. Which she is strong. She's, well, I, I don't know. Well, just in a terms of pure weight, body mass, like, she's way stronger than a 16-year-old chick. She's way stronger. She's probably been in a lot of girl fights in her time, probably. So I believe she's probably, she's tussled like a lot of women haven't tussled in their lives. And I think it's a stereotype, perhaps, to assume that lesbians are just stronger than non-lesbians. But she looks like a sturdy. An, an accurate stereotype. <laughs> yes. Probably true. Uh, but I love that story because I can't get it out of my head. Just so all the furniture moving. They just do things that other chicks don't do, you know. I feel bad. This is why I feel bad for Rosie O'Donnell at this point. Because her daughter probably is messed in the head, for you know, based on her birth, her birthright uh, to a drug-addicted mom. And then 15 years of Rosie on top of that. Mm-hmm. She's probably, I, I have to think she's mentally unstable. In fact, there's a story that she visited, went to get donuts at a Dunkin' Donuts and met a guy there and married him and got, got pregnant. <laughs> So, what a G that guy is. Yeah, right. Uh, but it turned out maybe she wasn't really pregnant and said she lost a baby 
Just so the guy would marry her. This is the guy she met at Dunkin' Donuts. You got to really wonder if that's your plan. <laughs> like how, how, cognizant, how good your cognition skills are if that's your plan to like get ahead in life. See, that's what I was wondering about the fire Festival, to just quickly bring yeah. it back. Like, if you're in a Dunkin' Donuts, doesn't every chicken there assume you're a loser? Like, you just assume that you are in the company of losers if you're in the Dunkin' Donuts? But this is the problem with the crack or heroin baby, is they inevitably grow up to be just like their moms, right? They can't help. It's like genetically programmed. They cannot help. Even if she's raised in Nyack, New York, in a, in a $15 million home, mm-hmm. and has everything, tutors and education and all this other stuff provided for her, Ultimately, genes just decide so much, and you ultimately at eighteen end up just like your crack. So that Dunkin' Donuts to to the crackhead genes, it's yes, like us yes. smelling like a brisket. Yes. we start getting a sal- a salivating and stuff. She she's predisposed to fucking guys in the Dunkin' Donuts bathroom. Yeah, and she'd probably do it for like a hit of crack. I mean, or a hit of drugs. Even if she didn't like those drugs. She's just like she can't help herself. I mean, you you ultimately end up like one or both of your parents, and there's just no way to stop that from happening. That's you may be in completely different circumstances. You may be halfway around the world in completely different circumstances. You're still going to talk, act, and think just like one, of your, one or more of both of your parents. Yeah. That's just genetics. That's the way it is. So here's why I feel bad for Rosie. So she was probably a shitty parent, did all those horrible things, and dr- drank and locked herself in the clay pot room and all that stuff. Probably chased her daughter out of the wine bottle. Which, by the way, if that's the worst story you come up with, that's not that bad a story, I suppose. I don't know. Wine bottle raised above your head is like a lethal weapon. Yeah, but she didn't hit her with it. It wasn't like Johnny Depp throwing his, his cell phone at Amber Heard. And there's no, I mean, look, if that's like after 19 years with Rosie, that's the worst story you got. It's a bad story, but it's not like, you know, yeah. horrific child abuse. Anytime stories. your worst story is all, like I almost got hit. Yeah, our mom yeah. was drunk and chased me around with something. I don't know. I assume everybody who's got a drunk mom has stories that are worse than that. Um, but now she's telling stories to Daily Mail about all this shit. And it may or may not be true, but Rosie O'Donnell's only defense at this point is to keep pointing out how fucking nuts her daughter is. And what a crack whore baby she was. It's pretty fucked up. Which is so fucked up. But think about it. If you're in Rosie's position, what else do you got as your defense? I mean, if this, say this girl's making half of it's made up or 70% of it's made up and she's making up stories about chasing around naked, what's your defense other than to say, look, she's a fucking mentally fucked up, challenged, retard, retard crack, crack baby? Well, I found going to rehab always kind of gives you a clean slate for some reason. For Rosie, you mean? Yeah, she was like, uh, you know, I have some kind of problem. Yeah, but you hated, like, bringing up Johnny Depp again. You hated when Amber Heard was, like, using his, like, wine bottle videos and all those shit against him. No, I don't think that it's right, but I'm just saying in the in the court of public opinion, if you go to rehab, if you're like, yeah, you know, I got drunk and, uh, <clears throat> you know, hit, uh, busted up someone's car with a baseball bat, then be if like, if your daughter, good. If your daughter, who, by the way, is at least, you have to at least is half in the mental bag. Is telling like weaving stories to like Daily Mail about you being like this horrific like mommy deer, naked mommy dearest fat naked about my dearest around your house. You got to defend yourself, don't you? I mean, you got to come out and say like, look, Depp didn't defend himself, and look what happened. Don't you have to like defend yourself in some sort of equally horrific way to clear your name? I don't know. Like, I've been accused of like minor improprieties, and and yeah, like it's really really impossible to to stay silent. And it's your daughter, and so look, you look horrible talking shit about her. But what if she is? I'm assuming she is mildly retarded and mentally unstable and all that shit just based on her life choices since emancipating, since emancipating herself. Well, I feel like you're stigmatizing her crack baby heritage here. I mean, yes, she, I am. you know, I am. she I could totally just am. be a shit-ass teenager. That's Well, let's like only the Daily Mail would take her interview. That's, <laughs> not, that's not a good sign. So, like, Entertainment Weekly was not down for this. Uh, or any legitimate paper was not down for this because they probably knew that mo- that she was that she is sort of mentally unstable. So, like on camera, she would come off as like 
fucking Well, weird. not just on camera, but like that she does have this history of mental illness or whatnot. And she probably is heavily medicated. Well, how fucked up do you have to be that Dr. Phil won't book you? <laughs> he, well, Dr. Phil won't book her because he's probably friends with Rosie O'Donnell. Oh. It's a whole Oprah, a whole Oprah connection. I don't know. I just, I feel, I feel bad, a twinge of, of, of pity for Rosie O'Donnell. I know she's an easy target because she's such a spiteful sort of lard-ass angry lesbian. Uh, but I feel kind of a twinge for her in the fact that, like, yeah, she, she may have taken these, like, troubled babies in for the wrong reason, but now she's got a house full of troubled babies that are grown up into adults that are just shitty, shitty people, and especially with the drugs or mental illness or stuff like that. And what are you going to do? Like, just say, oh, she's right. I was a fucking horrible mom. I did all this shit to her. What, 80, say some percent, large percent of it is not true stories. Uh, that's it, man. I feel that's the only time I ever just say I'm, I feel bad for Rosie O'Donnell. I like how Rosie now, like we never questioned that she wasn't really angry and horrible. Like, didn't yes. she play like a like a, a fun loving, uh, sort of uh, omnipotent, uh, you know, free spirited? I, I fly by the seat of my pants type of. Ch- wasn't that what her talk show was about? Like it was all angry. It was all. How is it like she's so transparent? I don't know. If she's even from Jersey. She was like angry Jersey girl, right? Yeah, that was her thing. Like gum, gum snapping. Like f you. You know, I'm going to speak. You know, say what I want to say about you. You seem like a dick. I'm going to call you a dick. So yeah, that was her, that was her persona. But it is your daughter, so it's a, it's a little. It is a little different. Yeah. I feel bad for Rosie. Matt. Just let me have my moment with her, please. Let me ask you, Max writes an email, can you imagine anything worse than Mark Zuckerberg showing up at your door demanding to get to know you? <laughs> so that is like, of all the people who would surprise you at your door, that would not be on anyone's top list, I don't believe. So Mark Zuckerberg's on this listening, he's like on a, when people say they're going on listening tours, that is like just right away the most condescending, one of the most condescending things you could possibly I've say. I've never heard anyone say that, but The it's... politicians always say that, like Hillary or Bush or whatever, they would say like, I'm going to go around to like all these places and just listen to people. It's like I'm going to go. Wa- I'm going to go to the zoo and watch the animals. But this is more. This is more kind of. It's like I'm going to. I'm a rich person, so I'm going to go to IHOP and hear how. Hear what people eat at IHOP have to say about everyday things. They're oh just, right, that's what every politician does. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. Fl- I'm going to go flip pancakes at like the old Country Inn and and hear what the working guys uh, have to say. You about go stuff. awkward. How do you look awkward drinking a beer? Like it's almost <laughs> hard to pull off. Oh, uh, then you haven't seen the Zuckerberg selfie from his uh, visit to the Ohio family. So he's randomly picking. So they're like he's randomly picking like families, uh, Democratic families that voted for Obama in 2012, but switched to Trump for 2016, especially in the Rust Belt, to get to know the real America. This whole wave of of sort of uh, angry working class people. Does he know people. this information from like hacking their personal Well, that's the thing. On, He's, on they're like, how Facebook? did he find us out? Yeah, he has everybody's private information on Facebook, so of course <laughs> he knows this. They're like, how'd you find us? Well, uh, yeah, I have a little profile, a little dossier. On when you. he shows up, it's, it's got to be 90% of people are like, wait, who the fuck are you? Well, so the families are told, the families or places, the workplaces shows up are told they doing some Facebook marketing thing. They've been selected to you know do a whatever. And someone's going to come visit them from Facebook. Little do they know, there's Mark Zuckerberg in his gray T-shirt and his skinny jeans mm. showing, up, showing up to have dinner with them. Uh, and by the way, you know, he's like, not, he has a selfie with a family in Ohio. They're like a working class, blue collar family. There's like a big pot roast on the table. And you know, Zuckerberg's begging off the meat. Like, oh, I like, oh, it looks so nice, Mrs. So-and-so. But actually, I'm not a meat eater because the way they treat animals is not really kind. Well, it's not good for my colon. I mean, I'm kind of with them on that. Like, I'm not a pretentious guy or anything, but... 
Have you seen the shit these people are eating? Yeah, but if you're going to I don't go, think I would eat that. If you're going to go if you're going to be the rich guy on like how does America really live tour, you got to <laughs> eat the fucking meat, dude. You can't go to someone's house and go, "Do you have any is it what's the vegan option?" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually a pescatarian. Do you have any fit non-shellfish fish? <laughs> uh, so he's saying, so Zuckerberg goes he's going to visit 50 families in 50 states. For what for what purpose? I don't know. There is there there's no way for like a guy worth 50 billion dollars to actually do this well, is there? To, like, actually patronize, like, working blue-collar, displaced blue-collar families. And he visited, a fire, he visited a firehouse earlier in the week and had ribs with the firemen. I think there is. I mean, you watch, like, Anthony Bourdain. Not that he's a billionaire, but, you know, he, he seems to be pretty authentic in his uh, respect for different cultures. and Yeah, but he's, like, got a very checkered past. Yeah. He's got that I was a heroin addict past thing going on where I slept in the parks and stuff. We're like, even though now he's a millionaire, yes, but he's he's got like that rough life experience he can relate to people with. Yeah, but he also does shit like he'll he'll get hammered and do shots and and uh, you know he'll go out on a speedboat and shoot a bunch of guns. Like dinner is the most awkward thing yes. for a bunch of people that don't know each other. First of all, I don't even like eating in front of people. You're, you're sitting there in a circle staring at people. I mean, why why the dinner part? I guess no. that's the part I don't understand. Also, by the way, do you know Zuckerberg travels with a team of six armed security? <laughs> so, so there is that awkward thing with the, like the bald Mossad guys <laughs> circling your house outside with with weapons. Well, those guys probably hit it off right away with the family. Oh, they probably know. loved it. If they're allowed to speak, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but so the guy shows up. So he shows up like at this family, Ohio family. They're all whatever. He talks about like so. Here's what here's where he segues into like I want to hear your problems. What's it like to be a blue collar family? What why did you vote for Trump? It's not an anti-Trump thing, but why did you vote as a Democrat for Trump in the last election in these swing states? Uh, and then he eases into this thing like, do you guys happen to have a favorite charity by any chance? And then they talked about, this family talked about like an African missionary thing for or, an orphanage in Africa they support. I'd be like, the charity is my fucking mortgage, motherfucker. <laughs> well, you're not allowed to answer. That's not allowed to be your answer. And so then he, then he writes, then he says, oh, hey, I'm going to have a Facebook fundraiser for that charity that's going to raise like a couple hundred thousand dollars in two minutes. And uh, then, then the family goes on record and goes like, you know, you don't know the real Mark Zuckerberg. He's such a nice guy. He really is one of us. <laughs> like this, the firefighters probably got a new rec room, you know, and they said what a normal guy he was and how he really cares about average people and what a charitable guy he is. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, so not only is he like, not only is he, is he being patronizing to like say, um, here's a rich billionaire, knock, knock, I'm at your door to learn about how like people who don't make $875 million a minute live. But then he's going to, like, buy you off, <laughs> like, his checkbook. So you'll say nice things. <laughs> which, say nice which things is, yeah, which is ultimately self-beneficial for him and, and self-promotion. Like, we need to look at how what we consider charity. Like, this guy claimed that he was giving all of his money away, but he just put it into some sort of trust for himself. In his, in his, chi- one of his, in his child's name, he created a trust that looked like he was giving the money away, but he gave it away to his child but he controls it so he saved him a shitload of tax dollars right and and so you go around saying oh we're going to give them fifty thousand dollars which is nothing for you and then you're going to use it to promote yourself like i'm so tired of people either either admit that you love making money or don't but stop the, this in-between bullshit of of using sort of fake uh, compassion to to promote your own brand is becoming fucking disgusting i think there's just no i literally i was thinking about i think there's no way for a mark zuckerberg tie one of the richest guys in the world to actually visit average normal people (laughs) and make it not look stupid there's just no way to do that why even do that in the first place why not just so here's what bill gates does bill gates doesn't do that shit he just donates like 
$3 billion to buy malaria vaccines in Africa, like 20 million units of malaria vaccine. And then he doesn't say much about it, right? right. That seems to me the only way to be a likable billionaire is just to like actually have like save people's lives and just do it and just not talk about it a lot. And like yeah, once a year he goes to like the conference and accepts an award or something like that. But you don't see him like you don't see Bill Gates out there doing a lot of self promotion. Right. And that seems the only people the only billionaires people actually like are like sports teams owners when it's your sports team and they're doing really well. <laughs> then everyone pretends they like know the guy like, they're hanging with Jerry Jones in a bar doing shots or something like that. But basically you're supposed to hate billionaires. You're supposed to hate people that are obscenely wealthy and fly in private jets and, and you know, double talk about every, or hip, you know, hypocritical about every social issue because they do the exact opposite. That's, I mean, that's what we all aspire to be in that position someday. Yeah, I mean, most billionaires are, are pretty fucking shady, honestly. There's, there's a few of them out there that are, that are cool, but... Uh, I don't know any outside... Everyone always points to Warren Buffett because he lives, like, in his, like, cheap house in Nebraska. And he, like, still has his, like, little cheap secretary and goes to work every day, like, in his cheap Target clothes. Yeah. I just think it's just fucking... I, I hate him more. I hate him more for that. I agree. He <laughs> needs to be doing some blowing hookers, which is not to say that he isn't, but... Here's the thing. You, so if you live in a cap... If you live... If Zuckerberg not only lives and thrives... He thrives in a capitalistic society. He has made himself a fortune by being very opportunistic, grabbing a right idea, pretending that his thing was not... his. Uh, Software is not based on finding hot chicks. <laughs> call it hot chicks at Harvard and call the other ones pigs. And re, you know, rewriting the history of his or his origin story has been completely rewritten at this point. How he's a software genius who, who brought the world together. Uh, he kind of fell into that, but good for him. So he made a lot of money. He's, he's buying, you know, 800-acre estates in Hawaii to build, like, giant Trump walls around so that no one can see the ocean, no one can see the ocean anymore. All the power to him. But like you said, you can't have it both ways. You can't be... Dr. Evil, and then also visit people's homes and, and eat pot roast with them and talk about their problems. But super transparent. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a way to do this right. You know, like have him go to um, some dive bar and, and, and get fucked up and talk to, you know, the local alcoholics about why their farm was <laughs> foreclosed upon or something. Like, I would watch that but show. Then once, oh, I'd watch that show. But then what's he do? He's going to write a check to save a couple a guys' farm. You ever watch that show that... Um, uh, undercover CEO show, undercover boss, undercover boss. So infuriating! It's it is so that talk about patronizing. So the guy's like, I never realized that my cheap workers had it so rough. Yeah. So he spends time with them, and then what does he do at the end? He writes them a fat check for something. Because I heard you always haven't been on vacation with your wife in a while. So here's forty thousand dollars to take a trip. Somewhere. And the policies never change at the place of business. No, they continue exploiting their workers. Yes. But one fucking guy yes. gets a, you know, a car bought for him, and the CEO gets to promote his company and pretend he's a good dude. I never understood why and then the guy, no one caught on to that one. And then the usually almost always minority worker hugs the guy and cries. I mean, it's just we have this problem in this country where we're like, we praise ca- raw capitalism, and we appraise achievers, and we praise money. And then there has to be this huge guilt association with it at the same time. That's what I, I don't know the same thing about. That's what always bothers me. Like, just say, like, fuck it. Look at this motherfucker. I invented Facebook. I have one billion users. I'm stealing your data. I'm making a shitload of money. I'm buying Kauai, so get the fuck off Kauai. Well, that would be refreshing because then people could sort of mount a defense. But when you disseminate this misinformation, you trick the stupid people. And, and you know, like a dumb person probably thinks, like, oh, yeah, Zuckerberg. What a, uh, well, that's why I think people, found, the people that did find Trump refreshing found Trump refreshing. 
Because all he did was brag about his shit and his money and how successful he was and all the hot women he was banging. Essentially, that's what he did. Yeah. He said, I made a lot of money. I live a luxurious life. Here's my Look at my fucking jet. Look at my fucking hot whore wife. I like that aspect of him. I would have thought that people would have been like, oh, man, what a douchebag. Fuck you. But apparently it doesn't work that way. No. I think people still would rather have Trump at the dinner table than Zuckerberg. So. I, uh, fuck, that's close. <laughs> it, is a clo- it is a close call. I just don't want a, like a 120-pound dude showing up my door like in his little outfit. His little outfit that he wears. He wears the same outfit every day, by the way, Matt. So he doesn't have to think about what he's going to wear so he can spend more of his intelligent time at other things. Oh, uh, I've only heard that in 1,200 other GQ profiles. <laughs> yes, because it's so hard to change T-shirts. That really would destroy the future of Facebook Live. Matt, let me ask you, we have a new segment this week dedicated to you for the next five minutes. Uh, this is show, podcast number 85, so I'm going to declare the last 84 segments. Matt, explained segments have not gone very well. <laughs> uh, but this is where Matt explains why you shouldn't try to turn a buck off a tight, a tight end murderer's car. That would be Aaron Hernandez, right? And someone's trying to sell his, uh, his murder vehicle. Yeah, this guy, man, I wish I could remember the name of the dealership now. Fox, something Fox uh, Toyota. Yeah, Fox Toyota in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, so this guy leased Aaron Hernandez, his forerunner, uh, prior to him uh, murdering people. And he gave it to him for free in exchange for some autographed memorabilia and a few appearances at the dealership. Which seems like a lot if you're Hernandez. Like, to show up? Fuck, I'd be like, I'll just pay the 600 bucks a month. <laughs> um, people love free shit. They just never get over free shit. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so after Hernandez killed people, uh, allegedly, the forerunner was uh, seized by the cops and used, you know, for uh, evidence. And anyway, so then, since Hernandez didn't own it, they gave it back to the car dealer. This and- was actually the vehicle in the second, not the first convicted murder. But the, the drive-by shooting outside the nightclub. The double... The, the double homicide. Double homicide, yeah. Which he, got, which he was not found guilty of, Matt, by the way. True. But he obviously did it. Of course he did it. <laughs> and so the guy... He's as, he's as guilty as he is gay. The guy takes the forerunner, and he lists it on eBay, and, and it says, uh, you know, a real piece of sports history. He even referenced that there was still fingerprint dust in the car. Cool. And... <laughs> So I don't know what the blue book is on something like that. I would say maybe ten thousand. I think it's like a. It was like a four, five-year-old forerunner. Maybe so let's say twenty thousand. And, uh, and I'm thinking, well, you know, if you know anything about sports memorabilia, like there's not a market for OJ stuff right now. No. There's usually not a market for people that aren't, uh, you know, looked upon in good favor. Um, so I'm thinking, well, this is a horrible idea. No. Uh, it got up to a hundred thousand yes. dollars on eBay. He threw in the jersey that Hernandez gave him, by the way. And I'm thinking, like, oh, maybe he'll be uh, he'll go with you know, and then we'll just give the proceeds to the families or uh, to some kind of charity. Nope. No, he's but just no. selling Hernandez's murder car um, to for, make a buck for profit. But what's wrong? I mean, here's the thing. So, who are you angry at? You're angry at this guy or the people bidding on the fucking truck? Like, who's going to pay hundred grand to drive around Aaron Hernandez's murder vehicle? I hate everyone. <laughs> I hate everyone. It, this is, I mean, who, well, who's I, bidding on this? Who wants this? There's no way you're going to turn a profit on it. I. You mean the people who buy it? No, yeah. no. This is like this is like a weird, rich Boston sports fan kind of thing. I was thinking it's they're gonna turn all out, it's from Boston. To be, yeah, it's going to turn out to be like Ben Affleck or somebody. <laughs> it's going to be some weird. It's going to be some weird shit like that. Uh, we're still trying to figure out, by the way, who bought the giant rabbit that died in United Airlines. Did Uh-oh. you see the giant rabbit story? I saw that a rabbit died. Yeah, so the, like, the world, it was going to be the world's largest rabbit. This ex, like, uh, sort of porn star British woman 
uh, who made herself look like Jessica Rabbit. Oh yeah, she breeds. Uh, she breeds gargantuan rabbits. She like somehow got a hold of like the biggest male rabbit in the world. How big is this rabbit? It looks like a dog. It looks like a sixty pound dog. It's disgusting. It's just and when she lays it out like a rug, it's enormous. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be three feet long, right? And so somehow she got a hold of this like the biggest rabbit in the world. It's a male, so she studs it and she makes like giant male giant uh, uh, rabbit babies. Mm-hmm. And then she sends them around the world as pets to like really rich people. Okay. And so this one was uh, going to be uh, the largest, based, I don't know how she decided this, but it was going to be the largest in the history of the world. The biggest rabbit ever, Guinness record rabbit. But it was, still a ba- it was still a baby, so they shipped it to the U.S. to a rich celebrity. They won't name the name, but you can imagine his daughter must be a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> and that's the rabbit that died. So just so if you weren't aware that like rich celebrities aren't actually buying like illegally sort of purchased exotic animals still, yes, it's still... Still going on. Still going on. Well, the guy was obviously either Persian or Armenian. Uh, you think so? You think so? You got to meet his daughter. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a horrible story. <laughs> but here's what I think. Uh, so the guy. So he killed the guy in the car. People drive like to like to have these things. You can't drive the car around, right? Because people are gonna just hurt you. You can't drive Aaron Hernandez's like murder car around like town. Well, no one's gonna know. I mean, but, but they'd have to know because that's why you're buying it. You'd have to advertise it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I, you're going to tell all your friends. You're going to put it on Facebook. You're going to do all that kind of shit. I can't imagine who would possibly want it. Uh, weird people with money. I don't know. I mean, you're right. There's no resale value. But I don't blame the... the, the so you're going to bring it... You're going to have a party and bring the, the model chicks over from... The, hey, let me show you something. <laughs> yes. See this? This is the forerunner that Aaron Hernandez... It's like... You're making fun of it? I bet it works. <laughs> I bet it works. I bet it totally works. People, Women go down for all sorts of crazy weird shit. As long as it looks like you wasted a lot of money, women seem to be into it. Right? Like right. They're like, think about how much of his money I could waste on yeah, myself. Yeah, like if this guy's a fucking idiot who drops 100 grand <laughs> in the car, what can I get out of him for fucking him, right? That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be good. I don't blame the car dealer in this. First of all, I know car dealers, and they're all like this. <laughs> so every single car dealer in the country would have done the exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, the reason they deal with these guys like Hernandez in the first place is because they just fucking try to move cars yeah. and try to make money. I don't blame the guy for doing it, you know, making it. But if you put, like, the photos of the dead guys on it or something like that, it might be a little worse. But, you know, he put it on eBay. Look, it's 20 grand and went to 100 grand. Who's not going to take it? But it's just a normal forward. It's not like there's a bullet hole in it or fucking. I don't think he, I bet he didn't think it was going to sell for anything. Uh-huh. And then he just started jumping. He's like, fuck, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> why, 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 not take, why not take a shot on it? You're right. I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing when people, you're not supposed to, the people who commit the crimes are not allowed to profit on their own, you know, shit like that. But why not have the car dealer sell a fucking forerunner? By the way, he was not found guilty. He was uh, found not guilty and then uh, killed himself. Uh, He's the only person ever to go through a murder trial be found not guilty and then killed himself. Right. Oh, so he's not guilty for that one, but he was guilty for the other one until he killed himself. They could not. The problem with the second case was the one witness, the witness was in the car with him when he shot the people, turned out to be bought off by the state so bad that his testimony was just impeachable in every front. And he was, like, trying to, like, say whatever he could say to, like, make the case against Hernandez worse. Yeah. So he lied so many times that his, his testimony was completely impeachable. And he was the only real witness they had. And once the defense, like, just tore that guy to pieces, they had nothing left. There were just way too many holes in the case at that point. Everyone kind of knew Hernandez did it. Yeah. But the one witness the prosecution said, this is the guy who will tell you he did it, was just such a horrible fucking witness he that was, the jury just said, no, no. What was he, like, 28? I mean, if he had gotten off not killed himself and then uh returned to the nfl and well no no he was he was still on the no he was going back to jail for life 
for the other guy for the uh, what the oh, Odin whatever. His but name they was. were trying to overturn that, right? Yeah, but I but don't. But they're know. always trying to overturn well, stuff. Well, they that guy they claim that guy they claim was killed because he knew about the double murder. So they're saying, well, if he didn't commit the double murder, then he wouldn't have killed the other guy to shut him up about <laughs> the murder, and therefore that one should be thrown. That one should be thrown out too. I don't know. That got fucking attorney got Casey Anthony off and Aaron Hernandez off. I thought that the the gay lover pieces that came out. Yes. I thought those kind of read as like hit pieces. Really? They didn't seem to be well sourced. I'm not saying he wasn't fucking some guy in prison. No, because you actually wrote that. Point <laughs> <laughs> just to point that hit piece out. Well, the, all the information was wrong. They said he was like high on synthetic pot. I guess that turned out to not be the case. They said he wrote a letter to his boyfriend, and apparent, according to his lawyer, that turned out to not be the case. But not that you can believe the lawyer. I don't know. It just seemed like let's smear this guy after he kills himself. I tend not to believe any stories that come out of prisons, right? Or like cops when there's like a, a guy kills himself and there's like and nobody was there but the cops or the prison authorities. I tend to be a little dubious about the specifics of what happened. Like, okay, so we don't want people to know he had drugs in prison, so we didn't find any drugs. All this other shit. Well, I, I don't I, know the, how believable that is. And his family, of course, doesn't want people to think he's gay. The police slash authorities, I would believe them the least of any group, including, like, crackheads that are being charged with shit. Yeah. <laughs> they lie every fucking day. I think they lie all the time. And also, uh, I don't think they killed him because he was going back to prison for life, so I don't think it had any reason to be vindictive against him. He was already going. He was already gone for life. So it wasn't like he got off and was getting out of prison. They decided to take some justice against him. Yeah, I don't think they killed him. No, but uh, he was just a, he was a fuck. He was a fucked up dude. In terms of gays, it I don't know. He was in a gang. He was in a male gang. He played football, a lot of locker room shit, and he was in prison. So it's like that's the trifecta of like download dudes. I'm just saying, if you're going to be gay, that's the three things you want to be you part of. Be like George Clooney straight to get your way out of that. Yeah, those three. All right, this segment where you explained about the forerunner, I think, went very well, Matt. I could see this one go, go on again. Thank you. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, you like to sexually harass women and then blame the women for uh, complaining? <laughs> that's, a, that's why you never made it in corporate America? sexual harassment, you mean, you know, openly commenting on other chicks in the presence of other women while at work? Yeah, I've done that. I don't I, see a problem with it. I have one sexual harassment personal experience where I was busted for, you know, in the office place, which I never work in an office again. Years ago, I th- I've told you the story. I'm sure I told this story before where I had a, fr- a friend in the office, female friend, and got here one of those, like, postcard, those little Hallmark cards. Hallmark made these cards back then of, like, the obese woman on the tricycle with yeah. her big ass covering, eating up the tricycle seat. I miss those. And I got her that for a birthday card, and she thought it was hilarious, of course, because it was hilarious back then. <laughs> it still is fucking hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, we, you know, we were, we were friends, and so she thought it was hilarious. She put it on her desk, whatever, because she thought it was hilarious. Another woman in the office, this is a large office, thousands of people, walked by to drop something off in the office. It wasn't even, like, clearly displayed. It was, like, on her little cubicle desk. Dropped something off in the office around her little cubicle area, saw the card, complained, and I got to sent to harassment training. What a fucking dumb bitch. <laughs> yeah, right? That's my wedding. So when people say sex harassment, I always picture that happening to people. Meanwhile, women are showing up to the office like, oh, my God, I totally have cum in my hair. I got, <laughs> and no one would ever complain. And they do that, too. Uh, that was not at this office. Outspoken. <laughs> yes. Well, they can, yes, they can do whatever they want. They can't, women can't be charged with sexual harassment. It's almost impossible. And, but this was my first experience with, like, I just thought it was a myth, but that was my first experience where I actually got punished and had to, like, <laughs> attend a training class about the right and wrong ways to act in an office place. Did you tell your wife that you were forced to attend the sexual harassment uh, warning? Well, no, I have now. I have now. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
But that, that to me, whenever I hear sexual harassment, I always think, okay, it was someone doing some goofy card thing like that, and it was a nothing, like you said. Yeah. Um, or a guy telling like an off-color joke that was overheard by. It was always overheard by somebody, right? I can see like if you go up to some woman in the office you don't know and tell her a dick joke, that's offensive. If you're telling like a buddy a dick joke in the alleyway and some woman overhears you from a third floor window, that's not that's not the same. Well, it thing. depends on the repertoire you establish. For example. A woman could, I'm kind of basing it on waiting tables, I guess, which is a little different. Some chick could come up to you and tell you a dick joke, and yes. you'd be like, oh, it's either funny or not, but wouldn't really think twice about it. So she kind of has that, that onus to sort of uh, put that out there. I guess I guess there's a double standard, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, there's a total double standard. The whole entire thing is based on double standards, dude. There's sexual, the, all the laws are based on protection for minorities, which, as you know, includes the largest minority in the world, women, <laughs> 51% or so. Uh, they're in a special category, a protected, uh, protected class, so you can't actually file suit for the same thing, same offense. And they're, they're considered a minority because they're disadvantaged. Because they're historically disadvantaged in, 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 in the workplace. Well, I'd say that's on you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this isn't a, a African-American situation. Where no, no, it's not, not that at all. <laughs> uh, but let me get to Fox News, because I think you probably hate Fox News. Most people, people I think 20% of the country loves it, 80% hate it, whatever the numbers are. Yeah. The 20% are big enough that it's made the most successful cable news network in the history of cable news networks. Uh, I can't really bring myself to watch it, because not because of the politics, per se, but because it's just so... I mean, the same thing with NBC, MSNBC. It's so obvious like what they're doing, the shilling is so completely they're, obvious. They're disseminating misinformation to a, a group of retards. Yeah, and like they all do, they do it on both sides, on the partisan sides, whatever. They just like you know, here's our expert to tell us why Trump is a genius. Here's our expert to tell us why Trump is an is a asshole who's destroying the world and killing babies. Like, there's no middle. There's just no reason middle ground. There's a, like, I suppose a couple people on cable TV that might be somewhat intelligent and offering reasonable analysis, but to find them is impossible. So I don't watch any of that crap. <laughs> But Fox News, clearly, if you ever turn to it, they're just like talking about how amazing Trump is or Bush was and how horrible Obama is. The others do the opposite. Well, I think a it's lot like a public of the, re- it's like a public relations firm, essentially. Yeah, basically. I mean, I will say that a lot of the, the quote, liberal media is mostly refuting the bullshit that Fox says at this point. So. Because Fox got a much bigger audience than they did and they yeah. made a lot of money, whereas the others were not. Uh, it was surprisingly low, like just a few years, just how low, like the best thing that ever happened to MSNBC was Trump getting elected. Just because when Obama was in the office, nobody watched MSNBC. Yeah. Because nobody likes watching MSNBC. There was no reason to. Right. But then when it was Trump bashing, all of a sudden their ratings doubled. So they're complaining about it. It was really good for them. Right, right. Uh, so Fox News is coming down with all these sexual harassment claims against them. And it's not like minor claims against minor people. It was against the president of the president of Fox News, Roger Ailes, who started the whole thing. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, the biggest name on the, on the network and the biggest money earner. And now the vice, uh, the vi- uh, co-president of the, of the company just resigned as well yesterday. Yeah. And some $13, 20000000 million have been paid out to people behind these stuff. So it seems like, you know, while you and I will laugh at some of the sexual harassment stuff, it seems like there actually is valid sexual harassment going on. And I assume it's old guys just asking young women to look at their dongs. <laughs> that's, that's how I picture Roger Ailes, like just whipping out his little pud that he hasn't seen himself like in 30 years. And telling the ladies, like, touch it if you want to keep working here. Which to me is a different level than putting a funny card of a, of a fat chick on a tricycle. Yeah. Well, Ailes, I, I think, definitely was... He was probably threatening demotions and stuff if uh, his his advances weren't... I, I don't get how that guy would think his advance would ever be um, 
take taken up on because well he's the head of the company he gets he decides who does I mean look if you well, do a lot of women are whores but he's like so gross have you seen money have you seen how much money like uh, Megan Kelly makes a she lot. started out as a pretty as a pretty blonde she was an attorney and then she got like some you know guest interviews on Fox fifteen years ago or whatever now she's making like eighteen million a year so it's not like the, the, the chance to be promoted or not promoted on TV screen time. It's not a small amount of money, right? It's a huge amount. Of, it's it's a difference between being like hustling at a, hustling your ass off for not much money at a local San Antonio station, versus you know being super rich in Manhattan. So she put up with creepiness for yes. ten years of her life or, or career or whatever <laughs> yes. it was, and now she's complaining about it. But I'm just you're asking me how Roger Ailes gets ladies. I'm just saying it's not like it's not like you know. There's it, no way Roger Ailes fucked Megan Kelly. No, he didn't. But uh, but he could have. Uh, but here's my question about the whole Fox News shit. Like, just divorcing yourself from the, you know, how much you dislike and people dislike, viscerally dislike Fox News. It, it's a bunch of old dudes, rich old dudes, triple chins, who fire, hired a, a lot of younger, hot women to do the broadcast news in short skirts. Yeah. A, this was bound to be a sexual harassment case waiting to happen. Because the reason people are, the reason, only reason old guys hire attractive young women is to sexually harass, to sexually harass them. Uh, they didn't suddenly get any respect. And B, is this is Fox News really any different, you think, than any other company, big corporate entity in, in New York or anywhere else? This shit's going on all the time. I don't know. Uh, from what I've seen of Fox News, I mean, they, they seem... It seems like a, a shady organization of people. It, it does not seem like a quality group of people um, that, that started it, that goes all the way up to Murdoch and... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there was a culture of, of sort of bullying and, and insulting. and, like and, a frat, and There was a frat boy, if I may, a frat bro culture. Yeah, of just guts. generally being entitled to think you can say whatever you want to a chick or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, Megan Kelly is not stupid. I mean, she understands she got hired because she was wearing the short skirts and, and uh, delivering the news with that porn star <laughs> glint in her eye. <laughs> You mean low-cut ball gowns <laughs> to uh, deliver the news? So I think at a certain point, and, and this wouldn't apply to anything serious like groping or rape or anything like that, but, you know, you know why you got hired, so isn't it sort of your job to tolerate a few remarks from here, here and there? Well, so what do you think, in your mind, what's worse? That gross, old, gropey, white, grizzled dudes, like, hitting on young women and forcing them to, like, listen to their fucking farts and stuff? Or someone like CNN, Time Warner, where they have, like, diversity officers making sure that like everything is in check that Don Lemon's on prime Don Lemon's like, that they found a gay black dude for prime time who gets drunk who gets drunk on like New Year's Eve and like <laughs> pierces himself gets gaugings in his ears or whatever like what's actually worse we, we know there's no middle ground that doesn't exist anymore what's worse like the old boy network or the new like corporate diversity uh, goal, goals and stuff uh, uh, network. What's worse in your mind? Well, I know where I would much rather work. Yes, me too. Uh, just because I just apply to Fox News. I don't have to put up with as much bullshit. No, um, no fun anymore. I applied to Fox News of 10 years ago. Look, whenever you look at the settlements, it's like uh, this person uh, is suing for $12 million because they heard an off-color joke. And I'm like, what a fucking great deal that is. Like, yes. when can I ever sign up? To, to hear off-color jokes and then sue for millions of dollars. Like, uh, whenever the, ba- the balance is clearly tipped in the, in a, in a, in the wrong direction because it, it should not swung. be an amazing fucking financial deal for you. Like, I think the idea is compensation. 
the pendulum and all this stuff has swung so much. And I don't necessarily want to live in the 1950s. There's a lot of bad shit in the 1950s. But the 1950s, like, women had no rights in the workplace. Like, literally no rights. They were like guys who would just, like, grab their tits and just say, like, that's how it goes. Yeah. And women who were raped were generally, like, told not to talk to the police and told that, like, you know, if they were literally raped, that it was their fault and that they're whores and stuff like that. That was the 1950s, and I agree. I think a lot of that went on. I'm down with the, that his, the history of how that happened. But now you have 60 or 70 years later where the balance has swung completely where you can just say, like, I was raped, no evidence, no, I'm not naming names, just know what happened, convicted, you know. Yeah. Or I was harassed, or some guy told a dick joke, where's my million dollars? It's like the pendulum has swung so far from, like, 60 years ago, and I get that you want to do some revision to the historical injustices that have occurred. This goes for any minority group either. But you and I as white guys, aren't we the ones who feel this the most? Because we didn't do the injustice part, and now we're getting the pendulum swung back at us. And now we're trying to, like, now we can't do a funny Hallmark uh, fat girl on a tricycle card. Aren't we the yeah. victims? Aren't we really the victims? Aren't well, it's disingenuous on the part of the women that are suing for sexual harassment in instances such as that. When there was no real, you know... Um, There's no real offense. Yeah, it was just a fucking birthday card. I just tangible. want to say that. You know, Lucy, whatever your name is. And was. they're gaming the system, and they know it. And I'm sure that half of these people that accused O'Reilly and, and Ailes to that degree are, are probably bullshitting. Well, I'll tell you this. I think that there are... First of all, I, I think anything that comes out against Fox News is probably true. <laughs> they just seem like really disgusting. We, we know disgusting old guys. We both know those guys. The guys who have young secretaries. We know those guys. We know exactly what goes on. We're guys. You know, we, we've, uh, we, we've been around long enough to know what guys are like. And the only reason you hire 30 attractive young women in your office place is to get, on, get it on with some of them. Yeah. So we know that. We, we understand that's going on. And you're not supposed to do that in office places anymore. Uh, at the well, same then time, maybe you should stop hiring chicks. Well, no, but you have to. Well, you don't have to hire good-looking women. And then, by the way, insist they get blonde, their hair, bleach their hair blonde and put on short skirts and low-cut <laughs> tops to deliver the news. That's kind of out there. Uh, but I think there's also like this, uh, you're, since you're a millennial, you claim to be a millennial earlier. Uh, an eczema riddled uh, millennial. Uh, I think there's a political movement afoot too, where women feel empowered to actually bring up these claims, to speak out against this stuff. Like where it's actually like they literally, either they literally believe they're being like victimized because they've read so much about this, or they feel like by advancing their advancing these charges that it's going to help other women out. That's part of like how they're expressing their feminism through their own financial interest. Well, yeah, if that if they get a check, they get a check. But I think they feel like this is their, you know, just like slacktivism. Yeah. They feel like this is their crusade. Like in the office place, they didn't get a guy fired and get a, a lawsuit and stuff like that. That, you know, that's, you know, I think that's half of it. I think, like you said, that corrupts the other half that's actually valid. And this happens in all these cases now where, like, people are claiming victimhood and only half or less or whatever are actually victims or rape victims, the other stuff. And it really ruins, it really, the people that really get hurt by this are the people that actually are victims. Of course. Because you and I now don't believe anybody. No, and, and to me, the lesson is almost like just don't hire chicks because it's a liability because you're going to talk about, they're going to overhear you talking to your buddy about your bachelor party and then they're going to sue the shit out of you and you're going to have to deal with it, whereas you wouldn't. It's like... I was, by the way, I, I've told this story as well, I'm sure, about my, uh, my business mentor, uh, a guy I knew when I was younger who was like, I looked up to for, for, uh, for work and for business, pulled me aside one day and said, never hire women. <laughs> And by the way, this is a liberal, Democrat, you know, what divorce, diverse, whatever. But he's like, as a practical matter, it's just that much harder. Well, just chicks that much harder. always want to claim 
that they're cool, you know, that they get it. They can do everything a guy can do. And so you go, okay, well, I guess you can. So I'll just uh, act like I normally do, and that doesn't mean assaulting anyone, but I might just talk about whatever I want to talk about. And uh, then time and time again, they prove, well, they're not cool enough to be in that situation. It's like the Casey Affleck thing. They were doing this documentary where they were (laughs) getting drunk and grabbing their own asses and showing each other's balls to each other and acting like idiots. And he probably thought, oh, I'll be open-minded and hire a chick to be on this production. And then she saw someone's dick and sued him for $2 million. Yes. So the lesson is like, well, just don't do that next time. Oh, and then also that uh, the actress did not applaud him when he won his, when he won his Oscar. So yeah, the, she really got her point across. So that was there. Well, by the way, uh, you know this. I know this. How many times have guys in the, in, in the workplace or anywhere else just told off-cover shit you didn't want to hear about? How many sex stories have I had to heard from, uh, from guys that I never wanted to hear about? Many. Or fucking fart stories or shit stories or the dump they just left in the toilet or all that other stuff that women sue for. I don't want to hear guys talking about that stuff or their sexual conquest stories on Monday. I don't want to hear about how they got drunk and fucked some fat chick and whatever else. I never wanted to hear any of that. Yeah, you probably hate 80% of the guys you work with. Yes. I, I don't want to, but you have to, but you, as a guy, you go like, I put up with that because what's my option? It's my boss or someone else. What am I going to do? I got to work. And it's not like he's you know, physically assaulting me. He's just verbal. I just ignore it, right? Because I don't think equal rights ever stipulated that you can never, ever feel uncomfortable in the world because that's just impossible. Well, that's where we're at. We're at an emotional... That's the whole thing on campus like that where you have to be emotionally protected. Like, free speech goes to the line where you become emotionally hurt and then, right. it, st- then it stops. It, I'm scared, Matt. So it, that's the system we set up. Now you can ban anything. You, you can, can ban anything, you can sue for anything, all this other stuff. Yeah. And by the way, there are legitimate people that are actually victimized. And because of the system, people like you and I look at them like, oh, you're probably lying. Yeah, which sucks. It's sad. Sorry. Brian, stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, let me ask you. I know you didn't really go to the Fire Festival in the Bahamas. Uh, I consider everyone who paid fifteen hundred dollars or more to go to that to be a complete loser. Uh, I want names. I want that list. I want the list of people on it to be <laughs> completely shamed. Like, here's the funny thing: like Ja Rule and the other dude are like being shamed for putting this thing on. But they're not, what they did was not shameful at all. What they did was just incompetent. Right? They were out to make a huge. I don't. Coachella makes a hundred million dollars. I don't mind guys going like, fuck, why can't we go to Coachella? What the fuck is Coachella? Why don't we do one of our own? Mm-hmm. And let's make $20 million? I get that, that whole instinct to do that. And if you're Ja Rule and this other dude, you're like, put together a crappy PowerPoint presentation <laughs> and some Arabs put money behind it. I don't blame those guys at all. They just turned out to be, you know, very poor, very poor operational people. <laughs> but their idea was right, which is like, there's a bunch of rich kids out there who will pay a tons of money for tickets to go see Blink-182 like on an island in the Bahamas. So desperate to be like in the cool thing. Yeah. That, who would pay to go see Blink-182 and then other lesser and other lesser bands? I like Blink-182, but I'm not flying across the country to go see them after 15 years in retirement. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That's like a local thing, a state fair kind of thing you do. <laughs> uh, but you're right. They made it look... They it, You saw the deck, you know, the presentation deck for it. They made it look like this cool millennial thing, right? It was all shaped on this, like, you know, philosoph- fake philosophies and pseudo-religions and sort of this cool, hip millennial thing. Yeah, like it was going to be this crazy experience. And if you're, I don't know how much the tickets were, but over 500 bucks or so. Oh, no, it started at 1500 So you're assuming for that. I mean, look, man, you can go to Mexico, have an open bar, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and free food for like $200. Uh, so you would think this would be amazing. Like someone blows you as soon as you step off the this plane. This is like the people who like, this is the, remember that we were about the guys on the um, Burning Man, but they were doing the luxury version of it. Yeah. Where they built their own city out of Burning Man and they yeah. were like had private chefs and like hookers and like DJs and stuff. So funny. That's these people. These are like Silicon, Silicon Valley, like mid-level managers making like 120 grand a year. Right. Who just want to be part of this and we're willing to shell out a few thousand ducks to be it, to be in it. But here's the part. So they had the uh, the fire festival use like Bella Hadid and uh, Kendall Jenner and like fifty million dollars, fifty million people Instagram followers to blindly promote this thing. So Stephen wants to know an email. Shouldn't the whore models? That's not nice, Stephen. <laughs> whore models uh, that blindly promoted the fire festival be held liable for that shit show. And this goes to the bigger question, I guess, of all the social media sort of under-the-radar advertising goes on. I mean, the only reason to have 50 million followers on Instagram is because you can then make $10 million a year using endorsing shit. Mm-hmm. And it's not really explicitly stated as advertising. Should these models pushing this shit, whatever it is, it could be a bad face cream, it could be this thing, it could be some other thing. No, it's like nutritional supplements. Nutritional supplements. Should they be responsible for promoting this shit, just like, especially in a way where they're not clearly, it's not a 30-second commercial during a, during a football game. It's actually like, I can't wait to go to Fire Festival. It's going to be amazing. See all my peeps there. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on it because, first of all, they're models. Uh, you know, they're, yes. they're dumb. Yes. They, it's, they don't know what they're – you throw them a buck and they're going to say it, which most like almost anyone else, you know, they'll, they'll, it's an honest transaction. Say this and we'll give you money. Um, I don't know if they should be held responsible. Like, obviously, Emily Radijkowski is not <laughs> – uh, you know, overseeing the day-to-day operations of Fire Festival. I mean, how's she supposed to know? Well, let's put it this way: If Emily Rajakowski said, "Pay two thousand dollars, you can have sex with me," you would, you or someone like you would spend two thousand dollars to have sex with her. Now, she wasn't promising that, but if she's saying like, spend two thousand bucks and hang out with hot models on a Bahamian island, or three thousand bucks. Some people paid up twenty, twenty-five grand, uh, and then that didn't happen. I would be kind of be pissed at Emily Rajakowski. Yeah, but I don't think we need regulate. I don't think we need like the government or the FCC to step in. I think Emily Radajkowski's a douchebag who pretends to be progressive, and uh, the people who bought the tickets are douchebags. They lost their money. Who cares? It's one of those cases where because we hate the people who got duped, <laughs> we don't care that they got conned. So I kind of get that point. And I'm also, as a libertarian, I'm really against sort of government regulation. At the same time, one thing the FTC does, which I think is actually good, which is saying, like, look, if you're paid to promote shit, you got to say I'm being paid to promote shit. You can't be a doctor or a famous person or someone who has leverage or, you know, sort of like iconographic leverage over people and then not disclose the fact you're being paid to, like, make your claims. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that, actually. Uh, and they're not on the Internet right now. They're fighting the FTC. All these models are fighting the FTC saying, like, look, we're not covered by you. The FTC wants them just to put hashtag paid ad on their paid ads, mm-hmm. and they won't do it. Uh, I kind of like that because not everyone's super like intelligent like you and can see right through this stuff very easily. A lot of people are dumb 19-year-old girls <laughs> with their dad's credit card, and they will buy into this shit, or guys. Yeah. And I think just that alone would be enough to clear the g- girls of any responsibility for doing this. Saying, like, look, I said it was an ad. It's just an ad. I got paid for this shit. But this, the, the, the line, the fine line on Instagram, on social media is so fine of a line. There's just no way for the average intelligence person to see that it's an advertisement. 
Yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, it is really well embedded. It's it's clever. I mean, it's in, probably an evolution of advertising, really. Well, that's um, why they're paying all the money to those. That's why they're not spending money on advertise old fashioned commercials, and they're spending money on this because if if Khloe Kardashian says, "Oh man, I look so hot in this like new pair of whatever at out at the club the other night," that she gets paid, you know, a hundred grand for that, and that that's and then you get to go buy the jeans or go buy the whatever, and that moves a lot of product. Isn't there also? From what I remember, in terms of FCC regulations, like if you endorse Coke, in theory, in in legal in legality, you have to actually use the product, whatever product you endorse. You well, for the use. FCC, that's just for over the airwave stuff or broadcast stuff. Yes, you can't like you can't claim to use a product they don't use and stuff like that. There's a whole bunch of rules for over the air broadcast uh-huh. because you have to have a government license to broadcast that. The stuff that's online, the internet stuff, is a Wild West show. So the uh, FTC, which governs, like, fake advertising, is trying to cover that mm-hmm. and say, like, you can't just do fake. They, they cover, like, someone, like an investor saying, we got 5,000% returns. Like, and they say, you can't do that. That's a lie. you got to <laughs> prove that shit, right? Right. Because people are dumb, and they just go, oh, man, I'll put my, I lose all their money. They try, they, but they, what they try, their job is to keep you dumb people from losing their money and scams. Yeah. And I think you'd agree there's some, room, there's some role of, for that because, you know, you, the government is there to protect sort of dumb people. At the, as a last-ditch effort from yeah. just being completely broke all the time. Uh, now, these are rich girls again, and they're fucking whatever, and they're BMWs buying the thing, so we don't care that much. But shouldn't, shouldn't there be some responsibility for these models to say, like, I fucked up and, like, it can be sued? I don't know. I mean, it's when you talk about, I mean, the Internet being the Wild West, it's like now if you bring in regulation, like I'd be hesitant to bring regulation onto the Internet in terms of, you know, before you know it, you're going to have net neutrality being, which I think is already in the process of being over. Um, I don't know. I, I would say especially, what about just old, just shaming, just saying, pointing the finger at them. Like Emily Ratajkowski is so full of herself. She thinks she's the second coming of fucking Susan B. Anthony. And it's like, no, you're kind of just you're kind of a douchebag who's like selling. You should put that on your Twitter feed, by the way. See what kind of likes you get off of that. <laughs> Versus her putting up a titty photo and saying like, "Ah, oh, that fire festival, what a joke!" <laughs> like everyone go like, "Oh, Emily, you're the best." Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, I had, I mean, I've seen her nude photos and everything. I, I don't know what uh, her deal is. I feel like with Kendall Jenner and these Bella Hadid chicks, it's like they're just so vapid. It's like, how could you even fault them? Like, they have no fucking well, idea. Well, but it's not like their audience is 40-year-old educated men. Well, they probably watch the beat off. But, I mean, the people that are being moved to buy shit they're selling are all young women. It's all young women, essentially. But and then, these chicks are probably dumber than most of their fans. Uh, they are, but the fans are pretty dumb. I mean, don't they run their own Instagram page? Well, first of all, every 16-year-old girl is dumb. Let's just go with that off the bat. And boy. And boy, too. But the boys, so here's the way it works. The girls get motivated to do something, to go somewhere, and the boys just go wherever the girls are. Right. The guys aren't going to the Bahamian Island for two grand because they think it's going to be an ex- existential experience. <laughs> they're going because they see all the pictures of the hot girls running on the beach. Right. And they think they're going to get laid because they're going to be an island with a lot of ecstasy and a lot of booze and no parents around, and they're going to get laid like every single day. That's why I bought my tickets. <laughs> I mean, why else, why else would you go to a music, an off-site music festival other than to get laid and do drugs? I mean, I think you're right, though, now, now that I, I haven't thought about this. But, yeah, if it applies to Dr. Oz and his horse shit, uh, why would it not apply? I mean, if we're talking on a similar scale, I mean... Bullet, you mean the bullet coffee? Uh, <laughs> Save the world? That's Dr. Drew who's <laughs> hawking the bullet coffee. Yeah. Dr. Oz is... Who, by the way, no one's ever criticized Dr. Drew in any respect for his complete quackery. No. Um, 
But he does have to disclose when he's sell- when he's making money off product endorsements, at least. Exactly. So, so hot models should have to live by the Dr. Drew rules, I think, as well. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm down it's with. It's only Steven. fair. It's only fair. I mean, if you're getting paid, how much do you think they got paid? A hundred grand? To- oh, at least a lot more than that. They get paid a shitload of money. Well, you got thirty million Instagram followers. You got a lot of money, especially when you're putting out there like not just running the thing, but you're actually like putting your name out there and saying like can't wait to go or photos of you in a bikini and shit like that. And they didn't even apologize. They just took down the the promotions. No. All he he wanted is an apology, but people are suing for like hundreds of millions of dollars now. Good. They will be be named in lawsuits and I think this will be play out in some bigger way as like what people on social media can promote without disclosing it or being responsible for it. I would like that. Yeah, I would like it too. Also, the the ruling should be they don't have to pay any money back, but they got to be naked a lot. All right, Matt, our final statement today, panties in a bunch. What has my panties in a bunch? I know uh, uh, for a fact, after many statements with you, that you have uh, trouble with uh, black athletes because they always come up on your list of people that most disappoint you. That's not true. I just don't like Kobe. <laughs> well, that's, that's one example. I can think of so many others. Well, uh, a lot of athletes are black. I don't, I don't know if this is a racial thing. So Lonzo Ball's dad. Uh, Lonzo Ball, please, well, by the way, can we agree the one and done thing in college ball is the stupidest thing ever? Uh, well, the, I think the NBA and the NCAA work together to yes. make sure you have to be 19. Yeah, so the, so the NCAA could get one year of all the stars mm-hmm. before they go to the NBA because that way the NCAA can make billions of dollars more money, just conveniently so. Yeah, and the NBA thought it was cheapening their product because you know a lot of the guys coming in weren't ready. But it wasn't – how many guys actually came in out of high school to the NBA? It was a small number. And by the way, they were all – LeBron, they were all hugely. Well, there were some. There were some. So then, other kids started coming in, and I think the NBA was pretending they wanted the best for the kids, but really, they're like, let's see if he can handle uh, college ball. Well, yeah, raising the age for them was great because they got because guys are always going to be better at nineteen than eighteen playing ball. Yeah, especially with a year of you know Division One basketball under under their belt. Uh, So Lonzo Ball did a one and done. Yeah, these all pretense. These guys. It was really funny. I was watching that. 49er press conference on the day they drafted the two guys in the first round. So they drafted the one kid from Stanford. Very well-spoken, educated, highbrow guy. Big muscle guy. And then they, did, they got Ruben Foster from Alabama. Been arrested. <laughs> beat up a nurse. Cheated on his P-test. Sort of, you know, linebacker from Alabama. Exactly as you'd imagine with the dreadlocks and stuff. Yeah. And they, like, interviewed the two guys together. And they're like, you know, like, oh, we're brothers. You know, we're like, whatever. But it's like two large black men from two different worlds. Yeah. Right? Completely different. And then, like, so they asked, like, Raymond Foster, like, oh, you're injured. When are you going to be able to do, start doing two days and the trainings? And also, because, oh, my sprain, whatever, I'm going to get back on it. I want to savage people and lift all this shit and get back into this, like, contact and whatever. And they asked the kid from Stanford, he's like, well, here's the thing. I have finals coming up and I'm going to be doing a lot of studying for my classes and whatever else. So, like, the kid, Raymond Foster, the minute, the, the minute Alabama played their last football game, he just left, right? Right. He was like, not in the middle of classes, I have finals. He just left the whole farce that they're attending classes. Do you think they picked the guy from Stanford to kind of like cancel out the Alabama guy? I think it's just a different, a different approach, but they're like, ah, we're just like, we're, we're brothers, they're bonding, you know, I'm like, no, 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 this guy's like thinking about his finals, like, yeah. he just got drafted in the NFL, he's worried about You're his finals. You're not invited to his Christmas party. No, no, soon. you guys will not be friends <laughs> after the season is over. Uh, so Lonzo Ball's dad, he's got, so he, the dad used to play ball, I don't know if he played professional, he played college ball for Washington State, I think, I think he had a couple years in the NBA. No, 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 no. I think he just played college. Just college? And he wasn't good in college at all. No, but he was known as like a very uh, hot, like a hothead, like, you know, hardcore player. The kind of guy that play, the coach always says he likes, but doesn't really, secretly doesn't like. Right. <laughs> 
just like, like, like uh, definitely a hustle player, definitely a hustle player. Right. Um, so he bred himself three kids: Lonzo, Lamelo, something. I don't know. They're all all L names. He totally went like the Venus and Serena Williams thing, where he raised the kids to be basketball players from a very young age. He brokered a deal, from what I understand, that if Lonzo went to UCLA, that his other two sons would get scholarships to UCLA as well. Yeah, they're all high school all Americans, so it wasn't that big. It was like they're bringing dead weight on. <laughs> right. In fact, uh, the saying Lamella, one of the kids, it's either the second or third brother is better than all of them. I can't remember which one is supposed to be. But Lonzo Ball is a tremendous. He's a rough basketball player right now. He's got a weird fucking shot. But he makes 40% of his threes. But, uh, you know, he, the guy bred three really talented, tall basketball, future basketball stars. Right. So what he wants to do now is he wants he's, Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, they all come out for the – once you're going to be top draft pick in the NBA, Lonzo Ball will be a lottery pick for sure. Might be one of the top three picks. Yeah. They come after you with like a $50 million contract to sign you up to, to you know, endorse their shoes. Every, everybody gets it. The dad doesn't want to do it because – the dad has, of course, started his own his own line called Big Baller, which I've never seen anybody wear except for the dad. He wears it everywhere. It's really corny sounding. It's, it doesn't sound cool at all. No, well, their name is Ball. I get that, and they play ball, which is very convenient, by the way, if you're in branding. It sounds so '90s, doesn't it? Like it's well, but everything sounds like something a dad would wear. It does, but I would have to say, like every like sports athletic line sounds stupid until it's really fit popular. Yeah, Under Armour sounds pretty funny. Under Armour sounds pretty stupid. Even even like Air Jordan sounded probably pretty cheesy until like eighty million people bought it and started paying five hundred bucks for the shoes. That's a good point. Or Yeez- Yeezys. <laughs> There's they all sound stupid until they make their first billion dollars. <laughs> that, listen, the stupid name has to stop people from buying spending all their money on it. Is Air Jordan a, a pun on like an airline? I thought it was actually just never thought about that. Pun on how high he flies, right, like in the air. It made sense. I don't know. But at the time, I bet a lot of people said it sounds stupid. Uh, so Lonzo Ball's dad wants to, is insisting that Nike or Adidas or whoever signs his son and his future sons, uh, you know, supposedly, to these deals must sign a co-branding deal with Big Baller. I mean, it won't be Lonzo Ball wearing Nike shoes. It'll be Lonzo Ball wearing Big Baller shoes by Nike. Yeah, so that's, that's if you know anything about the sneaker business, that's like a preposterous yes. request. That's like what LeBron, Michael Jordan got back in the day, what LeBron gets. <laughs> that's what you like your MVP, perennial MVP gets after 10 years in the league. Yeah. When you're one of the top five selling, when you're selling billions of dollars worth of merchandise, that's what you can ask for. Lonzo Ball hasn't even started playing the NBA yet. It'll be, he'll sell shit and make money, presumably. But the dad's asking for this because obviously he's saying it'll make us a lot more money, which seems fair because why not get a bigger piece of pie? But in actuality, it just makes him a lot more money because he happens to own a big piece, a big big baller. Yeah. So he's basically extorting these companies with his children's future to make himself more money and to grow his his own brand. Well, isn't it also like a fifty percent cut of zero? Isn't he, aren't they getting zero now? Well, now they're getting zero. So First, I mean, well, look, Lonzo Ball is going to get like a whatever fucking big ass contract soon enough. Yeah. As of June, but all this extra money, the shoe money, all this stuff like that, the dad wanted to get a piece of it, obviously for himself. And this is how he was cutting the cutting the deal. I fucking hate stage parents. Remember the letter that Kobe Bryant wrote to his 13-year-old self, Matt, because you love Kobe Bryant? <laughs> and the one thing he said was, to his, well, he said a bunch of stupid shit. But the one thing I remember he said to his 13-year-old self was, don't let your parents be your managers or get involved in the business uh-huh. because they will rip you the fuck off and there's nothing you can do about it. And that's sort of where I feel with Lonzo Ball. His dad is just an outspoken moron, right? His dad's like been going around saying Lonzo's better total than buffoon. Total buffoon. He's better than Steph Curry. He can beat LeBron. All this other shit. Which, by the way, the son has to just be shut the fuck up, Dad. This is ridiculous. I don't. Need, his son. The sons actually seem like really nice kids. Yeah. Really soft spoken. None of that boasting. None of that braggadocious shit. 
uh, I hate stage parents, but and the athlete parents stuff like that. Aren't they just basically essentially selling their kids, ripping off their kids for money? And should this be illegal? This be wildly illegal, or should they be shot? Something like that. Yeah, because I think he's really affecting his kid's bottom line now. Like it seems like he fucked up the negotiation for the shoes. Uh, if I was a team, I might consider. Fuck, do I want to have to deal with this asshole? Like, you know, we're gonna have to ban him from the locker room, and then is that gonna piss off his son? Like, I really think he could be, you know, really affecting the kid's uh, yeah bottom well, line. I don't know. They always say shit like that. Like, you know, he has got this arrest in his background. We don't really want him. But if he produces, they tend not to give a shit. Well, yeah, so. it's not like a deal breaker, but it's still like you're by far, you're not helping in any way. By the way, I love the fact that like the Browns drafted a guy who just beat up another beat up a girl like the week before. Like, so there was like, was, would Mixon be drafted? And he went down in like the second or third round because he beat up that, punched that girl in the face. Mm. But someone finally took him. The Bengals, they took a lot of shit for it because... It was three years ago, and he's an amazing player. They got a great deal on him. He did punch a girl in the face. So the Cleveland Browns took a guy who punched a girl in the face a week earlier at a bar. And didn't they then say they might release him? Yeah, then they said, well, after a second thought, like, they thought nobody would notice. Like, the guy was a great, he was a huge defensive end. And he was, it dropped all the way to, like, the sixth or the bottom round because he was had an ongoing court case. And they drafted him going, like, you know, maybe nobody will notice. We just got this deal. And they feel like, wait, did you just draft a dude who's just on trial for punching a girl in the face? And like, Oh yeah, well uh, we're we're not, we're not actually going back on that. We're not going we're not going to draft. We're not going to draft them. So here's the thing. for all the talk about we don't want this kid on our team. If they're good, they want the kid on the team. I don't want to worry about Lonzo Ball for that. He's still going to get drafted where he gets drafted. No one's going to take him like 18th instead of two because his dad's a dick. No. But this guy, we got to stop these stage parents from ripping off their kids. I know they pass the Macaulay Culkin law every now and then. But somehow these parents are still selling their children, making money off them, and there's really. No, I guess this kid's 18, so he can kind of make his own decision. Man, I just want you to agree with me. I hate stage parents and athlete, athlete parents. It's one thing. Look, I give Lonzo Ball's da- uh, LeVar Ball credit uh, because he obviously spent thousands and thousands of hours with his kids playing nothing but basketball. Right. He created – he's like, you know, like, uh, like Williams, the Williams dad. He created these kids, essentially. And so he should get, he should get something out of that. Yeah, I just – But 5%, 5% seems like enough. When you're so clearly – self-interested I, I always just thought the move was to kind of try and fade into the background you know I, I don't think you saw tiger woods dad doing these kind of histrionics from what i know but he was fucking a lot of other women until he died well, that's cool <laughs> was that earl no earl was like a class he was taking tiger's uh leftovers he was a relatively classy guy let's, let's put it this way he kept it private he kept all his shit private <laughs> yeah. until he died he kept all his shit private yeah, you don't need you don't need this kind of shit. And you wish the kids would just tell, but it's so hard for a kid to tell their parents to fuck off. That's why Kobe had to write that amazing essay in, in the uh, player player Tribune to himself at thirteen to remind himself that he should not have let his family be managing his money. I feel like this is you know in the family dynamic how we have uh, different roles for the man and woman. Isn't, isn't this where the wife steps in and goes, "If you don't fucking stop this, I'm divorcing you"? And uh, yeah, you think so? It's just sort of like reverse. I was going to mention the Hamlin, Harry Hamlin's girls, and Lisa Rinna, as they just sent their girls out in like their teenage, fifteen-year-old girls, like in little topless almost outfits to like some Hollywood event right. to sell them and make them popular, and make more money. And that's the place where the, we agree with like the Gerb, with the uh, Cindy Crawford's daughter. That's the point where the dad has to step in and stop that shit. Yeah. But the dad's almost always a beta male in that situation, <laughs> and usually a former model himself who doesn't see anything wrong with it. And yeah. he's plus he's scared to death of his wife. 
So I think there's a situation where the wife probably is, based on his personality, I would say she's a more submissive lady to put up with that shit for so many years. I bet she fucking hates him. She probably hates him, and he probably, I mean, that guy's got to be a fucking annoying as I hell. I bet you he never shuts the fuck up. No, and he's, he's a braggart, and he's doing all this shit, and he's fucking up the kid's stuff. And I, but if you're a wife and put up with that for 20 years, you probably got used to that shit. You're not going to stop him now. He's convinced himself and everyone else he's got the best interest of his kids at heart. Right. And he's going to make them a billion dollars instead of like $150 million. And the wife's probably thinking like, I don't know, $150 million sounds pretty, pretty good to me. Well, and to his credit, I mean, I don't know how many dads there are like this that, you know, their, their kid plays for a JUCO and sucks a dick. But uh, he has succeeded to a pretty large degree. You the know? dad? Yeah, like he created he created these kids. There's no way these kids are there without him being there. Not just genetically, but I mean, he raised them to be basketball stars. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's just like the Williams dad. It's just like the you know Earl Woods dad. They raise these kids to be special athletes. They're gifted, obviously, to begin with, but they needed that special obnoxious fucking father to drive them to the point of actually becoming superstars. So I say he gets five percent. That seems fair to me. You know, I, I've seen Lonzo Ball play in person a few times this season and uh, on TV, and uh, I don't I don't root for this to happen. But I think that he's not going to be a good NBA player. I think he's overrated, and uh, so it might be interesting to see where Lavar how that shakes out. Well, he's got two other kids if that did work out too. <laughs> and I, I never like people who name their kids after themselves either way with all the alliteration and names and stuff like that. That's the Kardashian thing, and I just can't get over. Uh, I think 5% and go away. It's what these people... I want parents... Matt, I am, just like you are an ardent feminist, a protector of women's rights. I'm an ardent child advocate and a protector of children's rights. And I hate when parents live off their kids. It's like, that's got to be one of the worst sins in the entire world. We talked about Kim Zolciak last time, like, putting up photos of her sick kid in the hospital. It's just all the same. It's parents living... It's one thing to live vicariously through your kids. It's another thing to use your kids to make shit for yourself. It makes me think, like... Your self-esteem, once you realize that your kids are your livelihood, whereas it's, I think it's supposed to be the other way around, your self-esteem has got to suffer. I mean, don't you feel like a fucking loser every day going, shit, my entire life is dependent on these 14-year-old kids that are in AAU. Yeah, yeah. that's why you hide it, I think. I- <laughs> so he's overcompensating with all this braggadocious... Well, he's also got... $200 million in his pocket on the line, so there's, <laughs> there's that as well. Right. He may just be going like, fuck, I spent... 18 years shooting free throws with these kids. I'm going to make a fucking fortune now. <laughs> Matt, you have something you wish to pimp and promote on the show? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Matthew Ralston. A bunch of people have been listening to the show have hit me up on Twitter. Really? Saying that they, they like the show. Wait till they ask for your eczema pics <laughs> for this week. The erotic, oh, I'll erotic, post them. Erotic pictures. You can show them to your kids if they ever get poison ivy. So, uh, and MattRalston.net. Brian, how about yourself? You have something you wish to do? Uh, the Vape of the Month Club? What's going on? <laughs> Uh, well, once a month, the first Monday of the month at Bar One, we host the Starving Artist Variety Show. Matt was there, uh, not last time, Monday night. And also you're doing baseball play-by-play, right, Brian? Uh, the Ventura County Pirates have hired me. They told me for uh, public address announcing, like I do for the other teams I work with, but uh, in writing my bio that they published, they said, oh, he's probably going to do some play-by-play as well. And uh, I'm excited and kind of freaked out, having never done that in any official capacity your, uh, your professional voice is underrated sexy, Brian. I'm going to say that right now. <laughs> That's pretty hot. Uh, I would like to thank uh, Rocco's in Studio City. You guys are the best. Come for the pizza with all the vegetables on it. Stay for the skinny margaritas. Matt, you still got to work for a new name on that. This is Lex, Last Man Earth. I'm out of here.